Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezot Hashem will be learning Daf Chavtes in Maseches Bavakama. But Phil, don't turn to Chavtes. Relax. Welcome back from um, San Francisco. We are. Uh, I, I, we didn't want to start the Mishnah without you. It would be disrespectful. So we have the Mishnah in the very bottom of Chavtes Amud Aleph. And without further ado, let's go. You ready, Barry? Nishbara Andrew. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Nishbara Kadavishus Okay. Various pictures breaks, and there's just a rabbin, sorry, Andrew, you slipped on the water, or or injured from a shard from the broken barrel. Chayev. Then Barry is chayev to pay for the damage. So what happened here? Barry didn't damage Andrew directly, nor did Barry's uh, right, animate object damage Andrew. There's an inanimate animate abduct. There's some sort of secondary damage, right? In other words, something something broke and Andrew slipped on it and Barry has to pay. That is the essential first part of the Mishnah. Then, Rabbi Huda disagrees. Rabbi Huda, we'll see what intent needs to be. But according to Rabbi Huda, sort of a cryptic statement, Barry has to have kavana in order for him to be chayev to pay Andrew. But if Barry had no intent, he's potter. No intent for what? What are we talking about? We will see. This is going to be a very classic yeshivish uh, abstract here, where this miskaven, which is very abstract, has very wildly different definitions depending how you understand how the secondary damage works. So without further ado, let's go to Gemara. Unbelievable. That Rabbi Huda that he's saying Rav, the way Rav holds, understands this Mishnah, is that why is Barry Chayev for Andrew? Is because Andrew's clothes were soiled by the water. Let's see the last Rashi in Chavchesam Unbelievable. That the water has to still belong to Barry. Why? Because According to Rav, the reason why it's like, don't forget, when we're talking about Nizikim, we're talking about Nizke Mamon, right? We're not talking about directly hitting somebody, Chas Shalom. We're talking about if you're sure were to, were to injure or eat or do any of those things, eat somebody's veggies, right? So in this particular case, the water that spilled out of the pitcher, because it still belongs to Barry, right, is going to be taking on the role of a shore. And therefore, if it soils Andrew's clothes, it is that damage which we're talking about. It's one of the damages like a shore would damage. It's Nizke Mamon, and it is that indirect Nizke Mamon for which Barry is paying. As we turn to Chesam at base, says, Avalhu Atzmo, Andrew himself, let's say, God forbid, he got a little bit injured, Potter. Barry doesn't have to pay for that. Why? Because his water didn't injure Andrew. Karka Olam Hizikaso. It's the ground that it's the ground that hit it, and the ground is Kaka Olam, which is to say it's ownerless. Anything that Barry doesn't own will not actually uh, be attributed back to Barry, and therefore it would not be the Niske Mummon of Barry. In order to be considered Niske Mummon of Barry, you're coming back to a real sugi here, Phil. In order to be considered the Niske Mummon of Barry, Barry would actually have to own it. Okay, so what's this Hezikaso? So let's see, Karka Olam, see the first Rashi of Chesem Beis, right? Karka Olam she'en labaylam Hezikaso. Umamona shelzeh, grama be'alma avadle. Whoa, grama, okay? 
In other words, right? The grama means that it's an indirect, right? So it since it's indirect, uh, what are you, what's indirect as as follows? Barry's water, let's say, that spilled directly, right? Um, damaged Andrew's clothes. That's why it has to be only the the damage of the clothes that works. What about ba- what about Andrew's right uh, bruise? So Andrew's bruise did not cause directly from the contact with the water. That's a grumma, right? Andrew slipped on the water, and then it is the ground that injured Andrew. Wow. And therefore, it's not technically the water that injured Andrew. Yes, the water soiled his clothes, and so that, for that, Barry will have to pay. But the water only caused Andrew to slip. That's a grumma. It's too removed to be considered uh, something that Barry would be chayef for, as in this came among. Is that like an arrow? Uh, so Barry wants to say, Eish mishum Barry, you, are, you're, you're too, you might be too advanced for this year. The, the 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 idea is like this. No, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I, I'll tell you what. What you're. What you're. We're about to hit on this. We know that there there are different categories of of nazikin, right? So one of the categories would be fire. So this is so in the case of a fire, Barry's saying that we have an idea of eshmishumchitzo. That we have an idea of an indirect thing that causality, right? One thing causes another thing to happen, which eventually injures. Now, in the case of a fire, uh, and we know that there was a machlokas, right, did it matter if Barry owns the fire or not, right? But either way, it's causative. But in that case, Barry, it's still different because the fire only, you only hire for what the fire actually directly burns, okay? Here, the water didn't directly injure Andrew, it only caused him to slip, which caused him then to fall, and then the ground injured him. That's important. In that sense, it is not, to answer your question, like an arrow, because an arrow directly injures Andrew. So even though there is a process, the arrow itself as an object directly injures Andrew. The fire itself as an object directly injures Andrew. Sorry, Andrew. Um, The... The water here does not directly injure Andrew. It only directly damages his clothing. And it is therefore Rav's opinion that that's what our mission is talking about. It only is talking about the, the actual damage to his clothing. Okay, so it's a good question, but the answer is no. It's not like an arrow. But what it is like, which we haven't discussed yet, but it's going to be, there's no way around it. The only way out is through in this particular case is bore. Because when somebody falls into a pit, the pit does directly injure a person, but there is a causality here that's going to play into our Mishnah. We'll get into bore. But be that as it may, in this particular case over here, um, that's a good introduction. Because watch, as I finish reading the Rashi, Mamona shows that grama be'alma, so the water is only a grama. So with respect to Andrew's bodily harm, that is not going to be direct and you're not going to have to pay for it. And this is Rav in our Mishnah, the only way you can understand our Mishnah is by understanding the Machlokas Rav Shmuel with respect to what? The Amr Lakamen. You have to look at when we'll get to Nun Amr Beis, the classic Machlokas Rav Shmuel. Bor, Shechiva, Lav Torah, Lehavala, Chavasa. Wow, Chavato. Right? Which is to say, this is the classic, and we'll get to it, the classic Machlokas Rav Shmuel by Bor. According to Rav, right, falling into a Bor 
it is not the falling into the ground that you're going to be high for because that is actually not direct enough. And we're going to get into this a lot more. But this is the, this is the um, comparison. So again, according to Rav, our mission is talking about the water spilled and damaged Andrew's clothes. Fine. Says the Gemara, when we said, Rabbi Huda says, when I said this whole sugi in front of Shmuel, I understood the Mishnah entirely differently. Amar Ali, Shmuel walked me through it. He said, Mechdi, look at this. The person leaves his stone or his knife or any, or masa, or, any, or knapsack, whatever, leaves it in the Rosh Hashanah, right? And, and from where do we learn that he would be chayev for damaging somebody? From the halachas of Bor. Which is to say, according to Shmuel, leaving a, right, an obstacle in a public thoroughfare, which what this water would be compared to, these broken kalim, in, in, in fact, would be compared to. Leaving that, right, how is that different than a stone or a knife? It's the same things, right? So these broken kalim being left in Rosh Hashanah, they end up having the halachas of Bor. And therefore, when he says, he's making a reference to the classic, right, Pasuk by Bor. It's in Shmos Chafal, it's in Mishpatim. It says, What is the right category of Nezek of Bor? It says, if you don't cover it, right, you don't take, uh, you don't take uh, the precaution of covering it, and inside falls a bull or a donkey. So that is interesting. First of all, why does that have to possibly have to say bull or a donkey? Like, are we, are we learning Mr. Brown can moo over here that we have to mention different kind of animals? Wouldn't it be similar? All that stuff should be the same. So you have to learn, limudim from it. So sure means that if a person falls in, you're not going to be chayev. That's an interesting caveat. So we're about to dig into boar. See what I did there, Phil? Um, you, you, it's not like killing somebody. When you, when you, somebody, nobody's going to go into death row and get the death penalty for digging a pit and then somebody else fell into it and died. If somebody fell into it and died, it's a horrible thing. But that's not really called you killed that person, per se, okay? So that is one of the ways that Shor is different, that, that the Bor, rather, is different than the other Nazikin. So that's what it means by Shor Velo Adam. When a Shor falls in, so then, yes, you're going to have to pay for the damages that the Shor died. But a human being, that's not really considered manslaughter. Right and chamor velokelim, and also the, so the reason why it says sure and also chamor is to exclude adam vekelim. That's what it means. That when a person falls in, that's not considered manslaughter, and when kelim falls in, that's not you're not going to have to pay for that either. As Rashi explains in the last wide line at the top over here, v'hani mila echad the mesa adam the kar the misa mishtai dechziv. The pasuk is talking about the, the, the person dying, right? It says v'amesi elo. Again, the context of the Pasuk by Bor is the animal goes in and dies. You're going to have to pay for that. But it's not considered manslaughter for a human being, right? But you are going to have to consider pay for damages for a human being. We are quickly learning a lot of the parameters of Bor here. Aval, continues Rashi, Benezek Adam, Chayev Bala Bor, Dekra, Mechofer Meramitan. Bechelim Paturim, we continue in Rashi. Why do you not have to pay for Kalim? Al Nizke Kalim Pater, Bal Habor, Deshvirasan, Zuhi Mitasan. Fascinating language that the breakage of a kli is like the death of a person, right? So, be that as it may, fascinating ideas so far. We will dig into to bore much more, but the understanding of Shmuel of our Mishnah is going to be very dependent on his understanding of bore. That when you are talking about a bore, you're not chayev for the manslaughter of a human being or for 
damage of Kalim, you are Chayev, however, for the damage of Shor and Chamor. Says the Gemara, going back in the Gemara, that is, right, with regards to falls resorting, re, uh, that result in death. But if all you're talking about is just damage, Adam So then a person is going to be Chayev, and Kalim are Pater. So let's summarize what the halachas of Bor are, because it's the only way to understand Rabbi Shmuel's, uh, Shmuel's understanding of the Mishnah. That human, that Kalim are always going to be Pater in a Bor. Okay? Because again, they're Pater for Nezikin, or for what we call the Misa of Kalim, which is breakage. Okay? Animals, you're always going to be Chayev, whether it's for damage or for their death. And human beings, you're, uh, you're going to be Chayev for damaging the human being, but you're not going to be Chayev for the Kalim. So, watch this, okay? Barry is, owns this broken pottery in, in the Rishasar Rabim, right? According to that, he's never going to be Chayev for Andrew's clothes, right? Because it's the, the, the water that came, if it da- damaged Andrew's clothes, whether Andrew's clothes, right, got ruined or they got damaged, you're not high for that in Bor. So our Mishnah can't be talking about that, right? When they learned that in Shmuel's case, he says it's not indeed the what? It's not the water that's damaging and therefore that they slipped on that and that's what you're damaging. Rather, what are we talking about in our Mishnah? We're not paying for Andrew's clothes because because we are talking about Bor here. And not the Niske Mammon of Shore. So according to Rob, we're talking about the Niske Mammon of Shore, and therefore Barry has to own the water. According to Shmuel, we're talking about the Niske Mammon, so to speak, of Bor. Bor can be, okay, ownerless. And if a bar is ownerless, it's still, the responsibility falls on the person who's, uh, who caused that bar to happen. In this case, Barry caused the water and the Right, the the, the shivrei kalim to be there, and therefore, what is the damage? The damage is on Andrew's body, not on Andrew's clothes, because the parameters of bor are that kalim are potter in a bor. So Andrew's clothes, which are considered kalim, are not going to be considered something that Barry has to pay for. Rather, it's going to be his bodily harm that the injury that Barry will have to pay for. Wow. And as the Gemara explains, but that would only work according to Rav, right? If Barry considered this spilled water ownerless, right? But according to Rav, right, this would be, right, only as we've just said, where it has to be like a shore. And in order for it to be considered like a shore and considered Niske Mamon, it would have to be, right, it would have to be something that Barry actually held on to in terms of ownership. Because this, in de- indeed, is the classic Machlokas Rav and Shmuel by Bor. Rav holds, right, that an ownerless Bor is a Bor. But if, if you have something that's actually owned, that would be considered the Niske Mamon of shore. And therefore, it must be, right, you must own the water. If you own the water, it's considered sure. Whereas Shmuel holds, right, that the, um, the Chiddush of the Torah is that he's chayev for damage for a person falling in a bore on contact, regardless if it's owned or it's ownerless. We will dig deeper into that on Dafnun, but this is the ways that we are talking about the difference between Rav and Shmuel 
in terms of how interpreter our mission, interpreting our mission. So again, Rav holds that it's like sure, and therefore Yechayah for Kalim, as sure is Chayah for Kalim, and so that was the first opinion, and therefore we're only Chayah to pay for Andrew's clothing. And Shemuel says that it's like Bor, and therefore you're not Chayah for Kalim, you're only Chayah for the bodily harm that happens to Andrew. Wow. Okay, now let's compare that to Bryce eight lines down. Most of Ravoshia, it says in the Pasuk, V'nafal shama shor or chamar. That is the Pasuk that we just quoted, the classic Pasuk by Bor. Shor v'lo adam, chamar v'lo kalim. Right? You're not chayev for killing a, uh, a person or for breakage of kalim in a bor. Mikad amu nafal asokho shor v'kalim nishtabru. From there we learn the following thing. Let's say an actual animal with kalim on top of it, right? Saddle and all that stuff, all the, all the paraphernalia that's on top of the shore uh, fell apart. Or chamar v'kalim nishtabru, the donkey with the sweater, Got the, the, the donkey dies, the sweater tears. Okay. Right? And that's what we just explained. That's the way short, that's the way the boar works. That you pay for killing or damaging an animal, you don't pay for kalim. So if an animal falls in with kalim on top of it, you're not going to have to pay for all of the uh, paraphernalia that fell on with the animal. Right? Ha lemaza dome. What would this be comparable to? This is indeed comparable to if you put a stone or a knife or backpack in Rosh Rabim and they damage. So here, in this first part of the Brisa, we see clearly that the, that the stuff that, bear, that was left in Rosh Rabim, that our Mishnah, is similar to Bor and should be right, subject to the parameters therein of Bor. Okay, that would be like Shmuel. So the Gemara, wait a minute, Adaraba, Ma Domelozemi Bailei, just want you to tell you, it's not like that, it's the other way. It's not that boar is like, it's not like the boar is like an, uh, a knapsack and, and a knife, it's, it's in fact the pit. The boar is the paradigm. Ela, Ma Domelozemi It's just saying the other way around, saying, I don't say that, right, the, the boar is like the knife and the, and the stone, the knife and the stone are like the boar, right? The boar is the paradigm, right? That's, that's all it's saying. Okay, fine. And so the boar is the paradigm. therefore, im hitiach Okay? So, the, so if you carry it over and you say, so if you took a, a flask, right? And then as you were like traveling along the road, right? Andrew's traveling along the road with his animal and he has like these glass flasks hanging around and it breaks against a stone. Chayev, the owner of the stone against which Andrew's right flask breaks, if it doesn't belong there, is going to be Chayev. Okay. So now, that is the continuation of the Brisa. So again, the beginning of the Brisa says that leaving something in, in the Rosh Hashanah is like a boar. And then it says, and therefore, if it damages Andrew's stuff as he walks by, you're Chayev. Wait a minute. Isn't that a contradiction? A contradiction? Let's see. The Brisa here sounds not like Rav or Shmuel, as follows. Says the Gemara, Reisha Kashala Rav, right? The first part that says that the knife and the stone are, are, are Kasha to Rav, right? Because it, it's saying that something left in the Rishis Rabim is like a boar. Well, we said that Rav said that as long as it's owned by somebody, it's more like Shor. Okay, so that's a contradiction to Rav. The Rasefa Kashala Shmuel. And the last part is a Kasha to Shmuel. Because the last part is talking about being chayev. A boar would be chayev. So a boar would be potter for kalim. So just to summarize, we have a brysa that makes it sound like an obstacle in the middle of Shusarabim would be like a, would be like a boar. 
right? That's the first part of the brisa. Abor is pater bekelim. And yet the second part of the brisa says that you're chayev for the damage that it causes, which sounds like it's shor. So which is it? It's not like Rav, and it's not like Shmuel. We have an internally contradictory brisa that makes it sound like it's bor, and yet you're chayev. So how do you reconcile it? It's following. Now the Gemara actually points this out. According to the way we're analyzing this brisa, this brisa is tikshilachi gufa means the brisa is internally difficult, right? Reisha potter for seifa chayev, right? And the reisha it's like bor, and therefore it should be potter and kalim. And the seifa it's it's you see that it's chayev. So how do you understand this? We're going to take Rav and Shmuel and read the Brisa all the way through according to each one. So Rav, again, Rav is the one who holds like his shore. So how is he going to understand the ratio that says that it's the bore? It has to be that it's bore in the sense that what are we talking about with the knife and the stone? It, Barry was mafkir. They're ownerless, okay? Once it's ownerless, then it's no longer going to be sure, right? But if he was not mafkirit, right? If you're going to say the not mafkirit, which is indeed what the hemshech of the brisa is saying, that if you still own it, then you chayev because it's more like sure, and sure is chayev and kalim, right? And it is for that reason that in the sefer of that brisa, the you're chayev for the kalim, he's chayev for breaking Andrew's glassware on the on the owned stone, right? That's how Rav reads that whole brisa. Shmuel Matarz to me. What does Shmuel say? Hush the Dharma Savasakina Sakura Dami. He says, once you're saying that the knife and the stone are like indeed a boar, in the sense that they are ownerless, Lord Behudan Mchaiv on this case Kalim a boar. Ha. He has to go back to a different machlokas, a machlokas on Nun Gimel that we'll see, God willing. A machlokas about, is it really true that you're, that you're potter for Kalim and Bor? Well, there's an outlier shita. Rabbi Huda holds that you are, in fact, Chayim and Niska Kalim and Bor. Therefore, Barry, try to say Hitiach Tzluchiso ten times fast. Therefore, Hitiach Tzluchiso Be'even Chayim, right? So, that's, it is for that reason, as Rashi says, we are talking about that outlier sheet of Rabbi Yehuda. So according to Shmuel, again, that whole Bryce is talking about Bor. And the only reason why Yechayev for Andrew's glassware, Andrew uh, Barry, is because we hold it, that Bryce is going to Rabbi Yehuda that indeed Kalim are Chayev and Bor. But everyone else is going to hold that Kalim are Potter and Bor. And so according to Right, Shmuel, the whole sugya is bor. According to Rav, the whole sugya is shor. <coughs> Woo! Amar Belezer. Let's, let's turn up the heat here. Uh, cast flask against stone. Lo shanu, says Rav Belezer, el shanit kal be'evan benishof be'evan. It only makes sense if, Barry st- if, if Andrew stumbled on the stone and knocked his flask against stone that way. But if Andrew stumbled on the ground and knocked the flask against stone, potter. Then... Barry is going to be totally potter. Because why? It was the ground and not the stone that caused the fall. The stone had nothing to do with this loss of Andrew. And who is like this like? Come on. The law Karabi Nasan. As we're going to see when we get to Nun Gimel. Narabi Nasan holds that Andrew can actually collect for damage, right? Even if that, even if Barry had nothing to do with causing the fall, Andrew can always collect for damage. Ikid Amri, or there's some who say it differently. Amr Lazar, what did Rabbi Lazar say? We're gonna we're gonna dig into this a little bit more. So in case you think that needs more analysis, don't you worry. We'll analyze this further. So don't say that when you that the case was when Andrew stumbled on the stone and knocked his flask against the stone, where Barry's chayev of Al Nitkal Bakarka Vanisha Evan Potter, 
right? But where he stumbled on the ground, he's potter. Right? The opposite way of saying it. That even if Andrew tripped on his own feet, right? As long as the, as long as Barry's rock caused the damage, then Barry's going to be chayv. Come on. Who's that like? That is like Rabbi Nassim. Rabbi Nassim, right? So again, Rabbi Nassim simply on, and in Gimel is going to say that it doesn't have to be Andrew's, uh, rather, that it doesn't have to be Barry's rock or stone that caused Andrew to trip and then initiated the damage that eventually happened to Andrew's glassware when it hit on set stone, right? There is a machlokas whether the actual, right, object, the actual moment of Barry has to be what caused the fall, right? So Rabbi Nassim holds, right, that, that the object doesn't have to be the causative thing of the fall. It just needs to be there, right? Wrong place, wrong time, Barry. So according to Nassim, Rabbi Nassim, wrong place, wrong time, you're still chayev, Barry. Even though you had, your object was no causative thing, it, your luck, Andrew's glassware smashed against your stone. That's what Renaissance says. You're still going to be chayev, even if it didn't cause, if, even if it wasn't what caused Andrew to fall. He tripped on his own two feet. Now, let's go back to Rabbi Huda. You may have already forgotten, because you're so turned around with Bor and Rabbi Nassan and Nunan and Gimel, you may have forgotten a clause in the Mishnah. In the Mishnah it says, Rabbi Huda, I'm miskaven chayev, but ain't miskaven pater. So now we're going to take the entire discussion we just had, and we're going to say, in that context, what in the world is Rabbi Huda saying? Who is miskaven to what? What is miskaven chayev and ain't a miskaven pater mean? Says the Gemara as follows. All right, so eight lines up or so from the bottom two dots. Here we go. Hechi dami de miskaven. What's he talking about? I'm a rabba miskaven lahorida lamatamikseifo. Rabbi Huda is talking about it like this: that Andrew intended to take the pitcher down from his shoulder, right? But while he did so, he tripped on his own two feet, and that's why it smashed against the the wall. Okay, so which is to say, what's miskaven according to Rabbah? He intended for the act, but not for the damage, right? That's what Rashi is saying. That's a, that's a key line, the first wide line on Chavchesa, I'm going to base on the wide over here, that means how much responsibility do you have to take for tripping over your own two feet? So according to Rabbah, is you actually intended to take off the pitcher, and still, you're going to be chayv. We're going to see what's going on here. Amalei Abaye, Abaye says to Rabbi, Wait a minute. But if Rabbi Huda holds that he's chayv, right, if it broke down while he took it out from his shoulder, then it follows that Rameyer, who, who we're going to see his sheet in a second, who's more machmir, would hold that it doesn't even have to be re- removed from his shoulder, but even if, for whatever reason, the pitcher just... Um, automatically imploded on Andrew's shoulder that he would still be chayv. Who's going to still be chayv? We're going to see. We're actually going to dig into this a little bit. Amalei, and, and Rabbi said to Abai, in, mechayv, hayav Rabbi Meir, you're right. Yeah, you brought in Rabbi Meir, only to confuse us a little bit further, but you, let's just say for now that you're right, Rabbi Meir would indeed have in mechayv, the owner of the pitcher would be chayv. Um, so in this case, it would be, let's say, if we're going to continue and uh, keep it straight, where the Shivrei Kalim in the street belong to Barry, and it's really, that's what's and, uh, injuring Andrew, so it's really Barry who's carrying the pitcher, and if, the, if Barry, and now we're talking about a difference, we're saying, how much culpability does Barry have, okay? Was Barry carrying this thing? 
Yes, Nishbur Kado. How did the, the Barry's pitcher break? Well, this is a machlokus in itself. <laughs> okay? If Barry was walking around, okay, and he tripped over his own feet, then there was a machlokus as to whether he should have watched where he was going. That's the machlokus. If you hold that a person has to be responsible to watch where he's going, then the breakage of the Barry's utensils, Barry's going to have to be chayev for any injury or damage that those utensils cause. Okay? That's what the Rebbe means when he says, miskavein chayev. It's a machlokus about whether you have to watch where you're going. So again, if you hold that you have to watch where you're going, so then Barry is going to be chayev uh, for stumbling over his own feet. However, if you hold that, uh, however, Mayer says that, according to Mayer, he's even more machmer. He said that it doesn't matter how it happened. Even if, for whatever reason, right, there was too much internal pressure in the pitcher and the pitcher imploded off of uh, Barry's shoulders, Barry's still going to have to be chayev for whatever injury those shards of pitcher cause, okay? Right? So that's what it means. in that Rabbi Meir, who's not the author, right? Because the author of our Mishnah, because our Mishnah quotes Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Meir would have said that Afilu Aznabiyado, that even if Barry Aznabiyado just means he's just holding the pitcher by his ear, right? It's just holding the, or, or, or rather, the Azna could be referring to the handle of the pitcher, whatever it is, he's holding the pitcher by the handle, walking around. He's not even tripping. It just, just implodes in his hand while he's holding on to the handle of the pitcher. Still, Barry would be chayev, right? In contrast, Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah says that no, the Barry has to be mechavein. That it mechavein means tripping if you hold him culpable for doing so. Ask the Gemara, am I? Wait, let's look within the sheet of Rameir for a second. Okay, Rameir is holding that Barry is just walking in the street, holding on to a pitcher by the handle. The pitcher implodes, and now Barry is going to be chayev for whatever damage those pitcher shards actually cause. Says the Gemara, Anusu, why should Barry be chayev? All of this was completely accidental. Barry would never hurt a fly. The onus, Rahman Apatre. Anything that's an onus, actually, any unavoidable thing, the Torah patas you from, the because we know, again, not going back into Ksubis, we're not going to work backwards here, even though uh, we got to move forward. She, that, this is the question of Rahman Atzlan, a woman is forced to commit adultery. So there we say, what? If she's forced into it, certainly we're not going to punish her. It's just the the, uh, right, the locus classicus, the source material for saying that onus rachmana patri. But we already know this. But the person has no intention whatsoever. He's for sure patr. So, therefore, why would Barry be patr, in short, for allowing this thing to break? For, for just it breaking without any, right, uh, um, action on his head, on, on his part whatsoever. So the Gemara, v'chite, mahanimilu well, maybe you say that over there by adultery is like when it comes to capital punishment, of course, you're going to need to have intent. But maybe you say from Ezekiel, you know, the intent matters less, right? At the end of the day, you damage, and that's a zero-sum game. In other words, it's just the, the actual outcome that we care about. And if you damage Andrew's stuff, go pay for it. That's not necessarily true. Because we learned in the Brysa, if Barry's pitcher broke, right? Totally unintentionally. But what was Barry's crime? He didn't clean it up. Or his gamal, right, his camel, was, became an obstacle because it fell in the middle of the street and Barry didn't move it away. So Rabbi Meir, there you go. This is where Rabbi Meir says, no, Barry's still chayev because even though this happened totally unintentionally, he didn't clean it up. So therefore you're chayev and whatever damage he would cause. As we arrive at Chavtes, at the very manageable time, 6 or 5 a.m., he says, 
Yeah, Rabbi, right, so Rabbi, Rabbi Huda is going to say that, yeah, uh, the Chachamim here, which you're going to see uh, who that is, you're going to be Pater Medina Anab, the Chayvadin Shemayim, because you can't take Barry to Bezdin, because yes, he should have cleaned it up, but he didn't get a chance to clean it up, and it's, you can't take him to Bezdin for this mishap, okay? Medina Shemayim will deal with him, but like Medina Adam, you can't take somebody to Bezdin for not cleaning it up. However, the Chachami would agree to Rabbi Meir in the following case. If Barry were to put his stone or knife in the top of a roof, so now he's going on top of a windy roof. This is a ridiculous thing to do. You're putting it at the edge of a windy roof. It's like standing at the edge on a very windy day of the Grand Canyon, and damage happens. There, the Chacham would even agree with Mayor. That's a ridiculous thing to do. That is called, that is not called honest. That's not a real mistake. That's just acting ir- irresponsibly. And so in that case, the Chacham would agree to Mayor. And Rebbeir would agree to the Rebbeir in the case where all you're doing is you're bringing drugs up to the top of the roof in order to dry them in the sun. And it was a very clear, not windy day. So that's just regular life. And there, if it happens to fall, then it's Shehu Pater. There he's certainly Pater because that's completely, completely unavoidable, right? So again, there's the opposite extremes. Right, that's where you're really culpable. You're putting it on in the middle of a hurricane on top of a roof. That's ridiculous. Everybody will hold your chayev. There's you're just r- r- going through your regular life and you have nothing to assume that you'd be hurting anybody. That's where everybody agrees that you're putter. The middle case is something broke. It's in the middle of the street. You didn't get a chance to clean it up yet. And so are you chayev or not? Rameer says yet. Rameer Yehuda says no. Okay, so now, once we have that, El Amar Abaye Betarti Pligi. Now there's the machlok is about two ideas. We're splitting the atom here, Andrew. There's a, there's a machlokas, Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Meir here, about damage inflicted as, at the time of the fall and damage inflicted after. Okay, so here we go. Are we talking about the action of the stuff breaking it right away or are we talking about the cleanup job? Which one is the machlokas? Both of them is the machlokas. As follows, watch this. We're talk, so, so again, remember we had a machlokas about Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir. They argued about two things, guys. Number one, they argued, is tripping intentional? Right? If, if, you, if you tripped, are you responsible for that? Is that an irresponsible behavior to trip? Should you watch where you are going? The other thing that they argued about is, should you clean up after yourself? So these, again, both things are not intentionally, intentionally malicious at all, but what degree of responsibility do we hold you accountable for? So when it comes to Shasnafila, that's the tripping. Beniskal Poshea, right? The time of the fall. Is stumbling considered negligence? Marsavar Niskal Poshea. So the Tanakama holds that it is negligent. Umarsavar Niskal Lav Poshea. There Rabbi Huda is Mekil. He says, we can't, you know, stumbling happens, and therefore you're not going to be higher for that. Pligi Lachanafila Bemafkin Zakov. And in the case of after the fall, they argue uh, a different thing. Do you what? Declare it ownerless. Right? If you declare it ownerless, are you going to be chayev or not? Again, the Tanakhama is going to say that as long as you don't own that stuff, you're going to be, um, I'm sorry, that even though you don't own the stuff, you're still going to be chayev. Umar Savar Pater. Wherever Yehuda holds that you're not chayev. So again, Rabbi Yehuda holds that stumbling is not negligence, and he holds that your broken stuff that you don't any own anymore, right? Because it broke and now it's like garbage in the street. You're not chayev for damage that that causes. So, so far, again, two cases where Rabbi Huda is mekil, 
right? He's mekel in whether you stumbled accidentally, that's just an accident, or whether you didn't clean up after the stuff that broke and your mouth gear, there you, there too, it's going to be considered something you're not chayah for. Does, do the Rishonim go ahead? Can you sit for a month in yeshiva and try to match this up with the Mishnayis and with Bor and with Rav and Rishmuel and with ownership? Oh, yes, you can. You better believe it, but we are not going to be doing that yet. There's enough just to understand the Gemara as it goes along. We'll be getting a lot of material and we'll also be revisiting in, in, in Gimel. But the point is, so far, we'll keep it simple. Rabbi Huda holds that you're not high for those two scenarios. So Abai is going to give the explanation of the Mishnah now as follows. Umimai. What's this based on? Midikatani Taite. Right? Two cases. Number one. So again, what happens in our Mishnah? Right? Somebody, Andrew slips on the, on the water or or he's injured by the shards of the pottery. Uh, so this is really Rabbi Yehuda, both cases, right? So what's happening? It's really the same case. So why, why is it two different cases? I love Hachikamar. So what's the Mishnah saying? So indeed, uh, Abai is explaining that our Mishnah is reflecting these two stages of responsibility. That if you slipped on the water at the time fall, because don't forget, Rabbi Huda argues with the Tanakam of our Mishnah. So again, it's two different kind of arguments. First of all, if you slipped on the water, so then Yechayev at the time of the fall, that's what that's referring to. Like, is Barry responsible for, is anybody, who's responsible for the tripping? Oh, Shalaka B'chaisis la'achanafila. Or, you know, who's responsible for injury that causes that's caused by the shards on the ground after the nefila. For both cases, right, again, a person's carrying a pitcher of water, uh, uh, Barry, carrying a pitcher of water in the street, and he trips. The pitcher falls to the ground and breaks. Now there's water and there's some shards, right? So then, right, at the time of the fall, before Barry had a chance to remove it, Andrew slips on the water and suffers damage. So the question would be, is Barry culpable for having tripped, right? And the answer is Rabbi Huda would say that he's not. And Rabbi Meir would say that he is. And that is what Rabbi Huda means when he says intentional. But miskaven chayev, right? This is not miskaven and therefore he's pater. And then after the fall, the question is, does Barry have to clean it up? And there too, Rabbi Huda is going to say, miskaven chayev, that, that he's not going to be chayev, adam, because Rabbi Huda is mekil in both cases. And that's what he means when he says miskaven. In the case of on the way down, he means that, so he's arguing on both things. In the case of the way down, he means uh, Barry's not chayv because he stumbled and that is not something you're culpable for. In the case of cleaning it up, that's also Barry's not chayv for that because we, that is not, um, that is a machlokas for Behuda is mekel as well. Wow. And that's what the Mishnah says. We must need some betarti, nami betarti. And since the Mishnah is, has a machlokas, it's all, again, Abayah's explanation. Abayah understands our Mishnah the way we just described. Question is, does the Brysa also hold like that? Right? Which Brysa? The one that says if your pitcher broke and you didn't remove it, it also deals with two issues. It assumes that the Smachlokas of Yehuda and Rabbi Meir in our Mishnah is also reflected in the Brysa. So we say, wait a minute. I understand the case of the pitcher. So again, the Brysa had the case of a pitcher and the case of a camel. Well, in the case of a pitcher, I understand because anatomically, a pitcher first is on your shoulder when you trip. And then it's on the ground in pieces when it breaks. So there you have the two machloksin, el gamalo. But what's this reference to a camel? I understand a camel in the middle of the street is an obstacle. 
especially when Barry is mafkir because now it's dead and therefore he just like leaves him in the middle of the street. What is the example of Shas Nefila? Right? What would be the Shas Nefila of a, of a behema? Right? Who's tripping? No, can the, as, as Rashi explains, can Barry be responsible for his camels tripping? Right? If you're going to say that this machlokas parallels the brisa, the parallels the Mishnah, what would be the parallel of Barry tripping with the camel, says the Mishnah. Yes, Amar Vacha could go Maya. There is a parallel because Barry would be responsible for his camel tripping if, for whatever reason, he brought it across a water fair where the camel can't see where he's going, and Barry's really responsible for the camel's trip. Derech Shara'atza Denaro, right? He's the swollen. He's taking him past the swollen banks of the river. It is clearly Barry's fault then that the camel tripped. Well, says the Gemara, wait a minute, what would be the case? If there was another way to go, then Posheahu. And that's more than just accidental. That's Barry being fully negligent. Take him through the safe path, Barry. What are you doing with this camel? And if there is no other way to go, then Onasu. Then Barry had no choice. And therefore, it is less culpability than actual tripping. So what would be the case? The no, the case must be that Barry tripped over his own feet and it is there where he picked up the culpability for tripping because then that's what caused the camel to trip on top of him, like a slapstick comedy routine, okay? Now, so, fine. We, we explained the Machlokas, Tanakam, and Rehuda in a Mishnah and we said that it has both types of damages. Now we're going to say, what does it really mean uh, when he says, right, Eight lines up. Regarding where you're mafkir your nazikin, what what would be the application of miskaven of Rabbi Yehuda in that case? Right? What is he talking about? with miskaven. It's not his. What's the kavana? Amar Yosef liskos The kavana, uh, the aforementioned kavana that we're we're referring to is what Barry's intention. Not intention in terms of action. Intention in terms of ownership, guys. Right? Which is to say, as Rashi says, Liskos Bechar says, Shelo Hifkiran, Chayev. Shein Miskavein, Shuv Liskos Bein, Potter, the Mavkin of Potter. Right? According to Yosef, if Barry indeed does not claim ownership of these shards, then how could it ever be, re, uh, how could the damage ever go back to him? Ravashi agreed with Yosef that it has to do with Barry's kavana in terms of ownership. However, Okay, so what's about this shas nefila? What are you going to say? So we already explained what shas nefila meant, right? Whether you had to watch where you were going. What is the opinion about after the fall, divri akol pater. So, what does Rabbi Lazar mean by that? Saying that after it fell, everyone's going to say that he's not that Barry's pater. After all, didn't we just quote Rabbi that says that you're responsible? He's machmer for everything. You're responsible for not cleaning up after yourself. Elamai divri akol chayiv va'ikar abanan depatri. He just must mean that everyone holds that he's chayiv, but that also can't be right. Va'ikar abanan depatri, rather, right. So again, <laughs> you, you're making a categorical statement. But there's a machlokas about this issue. That's the point, right? If you say that he's pater, Rebbe says you're chayv. If you say that you're chayv, then the Zerban would say he's pater. So what it must mean, Elmai b'shas nefila, what's Rebbe Lezer talking about? It means af b'shas nefila. It means that the machlokas is not only, right, about when it's already, um, right, uh, it's even after the fall, even at the time of the fall, rather. That's, that what he's trying to say is that it's the machlokas in both, right, cases at the time of the fall and after the fall. 
Who is that like? In other words, Rabbi Lazar is backing up Abaye, right? He's teaching us the same thing that Abaye taught us above, that the machlokas is in both scenarios, that there's a two-pronged machlokas in our Mishnah if you dig deeper. Wow. So as we turn to Chavtes and Beis, Rabbi Yochanan Amar Lacha Nefila Machlokas, Aval Beshas Nefila Mai. Right? So over here, Rabbi Yochanan has a different understanding of our Mishnah. He says that they agree about the time of the fall. There's all, there's, that in fact, the Machlokas is only after the, in other words, when our Mishnah is talking about only what does Barry have to clean it up, what level of culpability. And again, the Machlokas Rabbi Shmuel is not entirely related, that would be machlokas of whether it's a nezek of shore or nezek or bore once those shiver kalim are on the ground. But be that as it may, the whole machlokas is once it's already on the ground. Nobody's talking about, you know, how it got there. Nobody's talking about the machlokas of Yehud uh, and Rabbi Meir about Barry tripping. So what's the machlokas? What are you going to say about Barry tripping? Does everybody hold these potter like Rabbi Yehuda? But in the mission that we're going to learn on Sunday, it says, We see later that Rabbi Yochanan, in understanding the Mishnah on Lamed Aleph, understands that there's a machlokis to Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda with regards to this, right? He said there, with regards to that particular Mishnah that discusses, right, uh, tripping, etc., uh, without get, learning the entire Mishnah, it is clear in, his anal- in Rabbi Yochanan's analysis of that Mishnah, that he's aware of the Machlokas of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda. He says, Masnizim Rabbi Meir, that Mishnah must be Rabbi Meir, Dominisko Pashehu, because Rabbi Meir, as Rabbi Yochanan uh, records in Lamed Aleph, understands that tripping is something that you are culpable for. Mikhail, the Rabbi Meir, Mechaev, right? So he clearly understands that Rabbi Meir would be Mechaev you for falling down. Elamai, Divrei Kol Chaiv. So maybe you're going to say everybody. Holds. So the question is, does he hold that everybody holds that he's potter? No, because Rabbi Meir holds that he's Chaiv. Okay, so does he hold that everybody holds that you're Chaiv for tripping? In other words, the opposite is also true. That the Mishnah shouldn't be like Rabbi Meir because he knows that the Rabbanan are, are pottering you. Which is to say, Rabbanan, another way of saying Rabbi Huda. The Rabbanon and Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir have a machlokas about whether one is culpable for tripping. And therefore, in that context, how could you say that Rabbi Yochanan doesn't hold that that's a machlokas in our Mishnah? After all, that machlokas exists. We'll see it tomorrow. We'll see it the next day in those Mishnayas. So why do you think, what, what's, the, what, what's the part that you think everybody agrees to in the falling? I understand that there's a machlokas after everything fell. What is the part that you're agreeing in the falling? The Anosu of a Mafkin is left with the Alma Mechaive. So we're going to have to see that now that we say that that's what Rabbi Yochanan said, what Rabbi Yochanan is actually teaching us is a Chaim hold that if you, that the Kavana that Rabbi Yehuda is mentioning in our mission is whether you are actually claiming it ownerless, right? Whether that is an, un, whether stumbling is unavoidable or not. But in, order, in an ordinary case where, where you declare it ownerless, which is what usually happens when uh, pottery falls on the ground. Maybe there, the Chachamim would hold that he's in fact Chayev. So we leave you off 10 lines down in the bottom of Chavtes and Beis. At least we got to see the backside of Chavtes. I apologize for falling behind, but these are sigas that could each take four months in Yeshiva. So Bezat Hashem, everybody should have a good Shabbos.